Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. There are a lot of different ways to quit drinking and what works for one person won't necessarily work for everyone. I think that everyone has tried things that haven't worked. So in this episode, I'm going through some of my experiences. You'll learn why these methods didn't work for me. And hopefully this will help you make some decisions about the ways that you're trying to quit. So let's dig in. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. Last week, we talked about 
15 ways that I tried to moderate my drinking. So I think naturally it just makes sense to talk about the different ways that I tried to quit drinking. Now, this doesn't mean that based on my experiences, this is exactly what you should do because your experience is probably not the same as my experience. But this can be maybe some guidance for you on why the things you've tried in the past didn't work and how you can approach things moving forward. So my first way that I tried to quit drinking was I took breaks, but deep down, my intention was never to quit. So I missed a lot of the benefits because I was still focused on drinking again after the break. I think that basically every time I tried to quit drinking, I didn't actually want to quit. I just wanted to moderate or drink less just without the consequences. So if you're approaching quitting drinking that way, it's unlikely that it's going to work unless you can adjust your intention as you stay sober. But for me, I maintain the intention of drinking again the whole time that I had quit. Not only did that make me miss a lot of the benefits of sobriety, but it also prevented me from doing any of the work to discover why I was drinking or how to learn skills to keep me away from alcohol. All I did was just not drink. And I really believed that that was all it was. It just alcohol was the problem. If I could not drink and get a healthy reset and break the bad habit, then I would be fine. So if you're struggling with this where you say you're going to quit drinking and then you never do, I encourage you to listen to episode 91. Do you want to be sober or do you want to drink without the consequences? Because a lot of times we don't actually want to quit. We just say that we do. But deep down, we have no interest in quitting. So if your intention is to drink again, you're probably going to drink again. That was the way I tried most of the time and it never worked because I didn't actually want to quit. The second thing that didn't work for me was I believed that there were alcoholics and then there were regular people. So I went to therapy to ask if I was an alcoholic. And this is a really controversial one. So I want you to listen to me here, but I've seen it come up more and more from people who reach out to me and with my members inside of my Living a Sober Powered Life community. And I want to start out by saying that I love therapy and I think that everybody needs to go. I tell you like basically every episode to go to therapy. But if your therapist is telling you that you're not an alcoholic or they think that you'll be able to moderate someday, then you need to run away as fast as you can. Just like in every single industry, not everybody is great. And the stigma is still very prevalent. And a lot of people believe that there are alcoholics and there are regular people. And if you're not an alcoholic, then you're fine to drink. And some therapists still have this belief. And it's not because they're bad. It can be because they have no personal experience they like to drink a lot themselves, so they rationalize that it's okay. Or they don't specialize in helping people with alcohol, so they don't have a lot of education on it. So the first time that I went to therapy for my drinking was about two and a half years before I would finally quit. And I went specifically to find out if I was an alcoholic. That was it. I didn't want to work on anything. I just wanted to know, was I an alcoholic or was I okay to drink? And my therapist told me, I don't think that you're an alcoholic, but why don't you take a week off and we'll see. 
So I took the week off and I was a daily drinker. So I was not used to taking time off, especially not weekends. And I planned out what I was going to do. But the only reason that I took a week off, just like number one, it wasn't because I actually wanted to try out not drinking. My intention was to prove that I wasn't an alcoholic so that I was okay to drink. So I was very motivated to complete the week. So I went back to therapy and my therapist and I determined I couldn't possibly be an alcoholic, so I must be okay. And I just have to learn to moderate and drink less and fill up my nights with other things instead of drinking. And in my mind, that was just the okay to keep doing what I was doing. So I didn't want to do any work in therapy. I stopped going shortly after that. And my therapist wasn't really encouraging me to do that much work. So I just quit and went about my life. The next time I went to therapy was right around when I did my 90 day challenge where I stopped drinking for 90 days. And then the goal was to moderate after. And I talked to my therapist about my moderation strategies and how I was not going to drink very much. And he congratulated me for it. And I think if someone congratulates you for trying to moderate or says that you're okay to drink, then again, like seriously run away as fast as you can. If you go to a therapist with the decision to not drink and then they try to talk you out of it, that's a major red flag and they're planting ideas in your head. And it doesn't matter if you act on the idea right away. The seed is in your head waiting for you to indulge the thought and allow it to grow and blossom. So if you're looking for a therapist, then I recommend finding someone that specializes in alcohol use so they can support you in not drinking. I've heard from so many people, unfortunately, that their therapists tell them that they can probably moderate someday or that they don't have to quit entirely when they actually go there with the intention of being sober. So that's even worse than what I was doing. And a therapist can't tell you like, you need to quit drinking. This is really bad. But instead of congratulating me or assuring me that I'm not an alcoholic, they should have guided me towards realizing I was thinking about it a lot. And it was causing a lot of consequences for me. And as problem drinkers, we're always looking for an excuse or a justification to keep drinking. And any way that we can get that justification, we're going to take it. Even if it's a tiny little thing that someone says, we'll run with it. Or if we hear someone else learn to moderate and they took a long break and then they could control it, we'll think like, oh, maybe I can do the same thing. So you have to be really careful with what you look at, what content you listen to, what books you read, who you talk to. And that's why in all of my work, both here and in my community, Living a Sober Powered Life, it's all abstinence-based. I know that there are people that are sober curious and they're still on a moderation journey. And like, you're totally welcome here. I was on the same journey for five years. It takes a really long time. And there are also people in my community that are on a moderation journey and they're not exactly sure what they want to do. You're totally welcome. But I'm very careful in the words that I choose and the guests that I allow on my show because I don't want to provide you with any hope. 
to latch onto that you'll be able to figure it out or maybe you'll be able to drink someday. So that's why I always stick to sobriety. And I think wherever you go, whatever therapist you work with, whatever community you join, whatever meetings you go to, whatever podcasts you listen to, just be careful that you're not taking the content or the message and using it as an excuse or a justification. Because unfortunately, those therapists gave me an excuse to keep doing what I was doing. And the way I saw it is if a professional says I'm not an alcoholic, or if a professional congratulates me on my moderation strategies, then I'm doing really good. So again, if you're looking to start therapy or your therapist is kind of on the line and they're not supporting your sobriety as much, I recommend finding someone that specializes in alcohol use so they can support you. And you can be very adamant, like, I want to be sober. I want you to support me in this. I don't want you to talk to me about how it's not that bad or how I can drink again someday. The third way that I tried to quit drinking that didn't work is I focus on all the bad stuff. I felt deprived. I felt left out. I worried what other people thought. I just quit drinking and didn't do anything else. And I believed that quitting drinking sucks. I thought that my life would be boring and sad forever. And I basically proved that to myself the first time around because I didn't even try to enjoy sobriety or explore it. I just waited for the time that I could drink again. So I proved to myself that sobriety was all about deprivation. And I think a major part of sobriety is exploration and allowing yourself to have new experiences without alcohol and proving to yourself that you don't need alcohol to have fun, to relax after work, to socialize, to go on vacation, whatever it is. And I didn't try to do any of that. Just because I was living my life and I had to go to things, I did get a little bit of proof, but I wasn't interested in any of the good stuff about sobriety. I only focus on the bad stuff about it and I had no desire to do any work because clearly I wasn't the problem. It was just my bad habit of drinking too much literally every day. Another way that I tried to quit drinking that didn't work is I basically did it all by myself. I thought that I was different from other people and other people need support, not me. So I joined a bunch of sober Facebook groups or apps And that made me feel like I was kind of getting support, but I popped in and out of the Facebook group and I was only present when I needed something. I didn't want to support other people. I was only there for myself. All of my comments were just about me. And when you approach a community that way, you can't become a part of it. And I think that's normal. So if you're doing that where you're popping in and out of groups just when you need something, or you're making everything about you, it's not that you're a bad person. It's just that drinking makes us very self-centered. All we care about is our drinking and ourselves. And we don't have the capacity to care about other people because we're just focused on our drinking all the time and trying to figure out how to keep it in our lives. So it's not that we're like bad, selfish people. We're just not even thinking about it. We're just thinking about our drinking. If you listen to my recent episode about how to get accountability in your sobriety, then I talked about 
felt accountability, which is when you feel like you're a part of the group and you care about what the group thinks of you. And that's a good way to make community work for you. But you can only do that by showing up and participating and getting support from other people and also providing support to other people. So if you're looking for that, if you're looking for accountability, if you don't want to do it alone because you really don't have to and you've tried things and they don't work, then I encourage you to check out Living a Sober Powered Life. We're a small group. We would love to support you on your journey. You can get more information in the show notes about that or on my website. And this is a much shorter list because I didn't really try to quit drinking that much. So this list is a lot shorter than last week's episode about all the different ways that I tried to moderate. But if you're trying to quit drinking and you've tried and you've tried and you can't find something that works for you, then I encourage you to keep trying new things because whatever you're currently trying is not enough. So if you continue to try the same thing that's not working, you're going to have the same result. Even though you feel like you should be able to do it alone or you're prejudging things like meetings or treatment or communities because you don't need that or you feel shy or insecure or whatever you feel, just give it a chance. I think that's the most important thing that I've learned is that I go straight to prejudging things without even giving them a chance. So I'm trying to be more open-minded. And you never know, like you could check out an AA meeting and that could be the thing that gets you sober. You could find the best sponsor ever in that meeting. You could find a great community or you could try talking to your doctor and your doctor could be so supportive. So you never know. So I would just encourage you to keep trying new things. If you're struggling to quit, what you're currently doing is just, it's not enough. So try something new and give all these different methods of support a chance. So spend some time thinking about that over the next couple of days, what you can do to get support. And I encourage you to also check out Living a Sober Powered Life because we would love to support you. And I will talk to you next week. Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-to for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.